Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today, we've got a very special guest. Uh, This is actually a gentleman that I met through LinkedIn. Um, I've got a a good friend of mine, Matt, who we started a LinkedIn lead generation company. And believe it or not, we actually connected through LinkedIn through one of the campaigns. I don't even know if our guest knows that. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, the technology and resources that are out there. I'm sure in a later episode, we're going to be talking about this LinkedIn lead generation software. However, that being said, I want to introduce our guest today. So this is a gentleman by the name of David Schultz. Uh, like I say, we, we met through LinkedIn. Um, one of the amazing things about this guy is he has such an amazing background coming from counseling, traveling, construction, uh, ministry. He spent his childhood in Papua New Guinea. And this is such a great dynamic. He and I, through the, some of the conversations we've had, we've really started to, to connect. I think we've got a lot of very similar um, focuses and goals and directions. And so I'm really excited for this episode and I hope that you are as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and welcome David Schultz to the show. How are you, sir? All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for having me. Um, this is great. So basically, um, yeah, what David's saying was true. Um, we met through LinkedIn and, and our networking there. Um, a little bit about me. I mean, yeah, I grew up in Papua New Guinea. A lot of people are, came back to the U S and I was, um, forced to come out of my little wonderland there living in the uh, tropics. But um, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And, and um, some of the things I've, I've spent most of my life, like many people I know, uh, actually just searching for what I wanted in life. And um, it wasn't until about a few years ago, I kind of really figured out what that was. And, and I just wanted to, I don't know, maybe tell me if this resonates with anybody is that I, I just wanted to make a difference in some lives um, helping other people do better in what they're struggling with and, and actually get through it. Um, there's a lot of different things I've noticed in the world. One of them is, is just that so many people are so image based nowadays that, you know, we lose sight of, of who we are and what we want in life. And that's been a major setback for a lot of people. It's like kind of why I decided to just go back to what I was doing and talking to people and just, having a conversation. I love it, man. It's so true. I think you're exactly spot on with technology. I mean, it's such a great tool and resource, but at the same time, it can become such a distraction, right? I mean, we have the ability to connect, um, you know, for this podcast, which is a fantastic thing. But at the same time, if you get sucked into it um, with all the apps and social media and everything else, it can be a major distraction or deterrent from really, you know, finding out, not only who we are, but, uh, you know, focusing on where we want to go. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I look around me all day long and I just, I just see the reoccurring thing every, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. Um, we didn't have all this internet stuff. 
Um, it was a relatively new idea when I was in my teenage years, the internet boom that was happening. Um, but I, I just, I look at so many people are so absorbed. I'm not surprised to learn that, you know, about 90% of projections say that online gaming is going to be one of the biggest money makers this year. It's people are bored. It's, Especially it's with the bottom COVID line. stuff, right? I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. They're stuck at home. They're not really going outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing too, to point out here is, you know, when was the last time you were just alone with yourself and yeah. had time to think, you know, and go deep inside? It, it just mm-hmm. doesn't really happen anymore. No, it doesn't, you know, and we're, we're, we're caught on to all the shows on TV. We can watch, we can go see national parks. We can go see the world just from sitting in our living room and, and it's, it's really, it's not necessarily a deterrent, but it's a distraction. So instead of going and doing these things ourselves, we just kind of let the TV show us things and we don't actually experience it. So we still get stuck with this feeling of, of not actually being a part of anything. And I think that's the greatest setback for a lot of people is they just feel like they're not a part of something. And that's a very lonely feeling. Um, I've experienced it myself and, you know, technology is a great thing because it allows us to connect like you and I are doing right now. Um, but one of the, the setbacks is that people just don't actually get to go experience things. And I just talked to a friend of mine, I think it was day before yesterday. Um, he's one of my affiliate lending, uh, people. And one of the things that he had mentioned was that, you know, he, he's been spending a lot of time going out and exploring the world around him, just nature and things like that, just trying to get a better grasp on some of the things he's feeling. And uh, I explained to him that, you know, there is a reason that we feel called to go outdoors, to go see the woods, to go experience nature, to, to have quiet time. And we don't get a lot of that anymore. The world's so busy. Even when we're sitting at home in our quiet time, we've got our phone, we've got the TV going, maybe there's you know, more, more racket going on. It, it, we just can't find quiet time and we need that. Totally agree. It's uh, it's one of those things that you just have to either schedule in or force yourself to do it because it's not going to happen unless you do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, and, and then we run into this other thing where now we have a fear of things like the outdoors. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are literally afraid to go out to the woods and take a hike by themselves anymore um, just because, you know, they don't know, maybe is there a wild animal? They don't know. Um, you know, and that's, that's just something that we deal with. Maybe they'll get lost. People don't even know how to follow the same path they were on because they get so distracted. Our, our minds are everywhere. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good point. I, I spent some time volunteering for the local search and rescue team. And, you know, you'd be shocked at some of the uh, people that we go out and, and help or locate or find. And it's just some of that same stuff, right? Like they, they go out, you know, expecting to just go on a quick hike or something. They're nowhere near prepared uh, with what they should have. And, you know, I'm glad that they're out, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of stuff missing, um, you know, and they might just, get distracted or get off trail or whatever the case is. Um, and I think that, that, you know, beginning innate nature that we have uh, being outside is starting to disappear. Um, you know, if we get back to the the grassroots of it all, like, just like you said, I mean, if you can go out in nature and connect, that's where you can really find uh, some of those things that you're looking for, find some of that happiness, really understand that, this whole life is much bigger than we are, right? Oh, it's huge. 
Yeah. Um, and going back to a little bit about my myself and my beginnings, um, a good example I like to use is my childhood in New Guinea, because growing up in a third world country in the village, you know, we had dirt floors, we had uh, no technology, we had basic things that you would need, you know, clothes, cooking tools, uh, tools for living in the jungle, of course, harvesting your food, whatever it was. Um, when we came back to the U.S., it was a very serious culture shock. I'm still not sure I'm over it. Because um, we came back here, there's cars everywhere. There's busy noise. Towns are huge. There's so much going on. You just can't keep track of it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Sorry, I've got something going. Is that on your side or my side? No, that's me. Yeah, I've gotten some audio coming from somewhere. Hold on one second. I get that sometimes on my phone because it's old and overwhelmed like many people. And it's just got that. It'll get stuck on something. It's like speaking French. (laughs) That's interesting. Hold on a second. Hey, no worries. There we go. We'll just edit this part out. Okay, got it. (laughs) Um, no, that's super interesting. You bring that up, you know, just that childhood. I was actually going to ask you right before you jumped into that, but let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, what was that like growing up in that type of circumstance? I mean, I'm sure you were spending a lot more time outside. I'm sure you're spending a lot more time, you know, engaged in activity and mm-hmm. friends and things like that. But mm-hmm. how do you think that's affected you? That type of experience growing up has, has affected you, you know, today in your life? You know, honestly, I think I think one of the biggest parts of that experience that's, that's kind of shaped something in me today is just that um, I don't feel the need to have any of this um, attention that people strive after. I really don't. Um, I, I did spend a lot of time swimming in the ocean. I had a few friends. Um, um, I had, you know basic activities. I mean, we played with sticks kids over here. They play with Nerf guns, um, which is cool. Uh, I just never had any of those things. So I, I, I didn't need that level of entertainment. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I, that I see for myself is that I, I had the unique opportunity to grow up grounded to myself and to, you know, the strengths that I did have, it was easy to recognize, um, what was a genuine fear based uh, versus what was more like something imaginary or what was really something I was interested in versus I don't know, which is what I see many people today facing. They just, they don't know. Uh, There's a lot of things that you are interested in, but is it really what you want or what you actually like? And I didn't have anything that, that kept me from actually defining what that was. So I, I knew what I liked. I knew what I wanted and I knew, you know, who I was. I didn't have to question any of that as a kid growing up. It was a very unique experience. Um, I, I do have the the ability now to say, though, that, you know, when, when people tell me, especially in this culture here that we live in, we have all these divisions and different perspectives of people saying, well, you don't understand what it's like because you're not maybe a particular color. Well, I actually do because I was one of one family of white people in the province. So we had 
you know, all these other people, we did get discriminated against. Um, there was people that didn't like us. There was people that loved us. There was people that, you know, didn't know what to think. Um, and it, it's a different mindset. The, the primitive mindset is, is very juvenile. So they don't have the stuff that we have. We come up with all of these things to, to attack other people with because it's insecurities in ourself. They don't have that. They see things at face value for what it is. And so, you know, like a child, you could imagine that if there was something going on that they didn't like, well, they would handle it pretty much like a child would. They'd throw a fit or they'd come to you and, and throw a tantrum um, or whatever it was. Um, most of it we've recognized as a call for attention because, well, it's, it's a very simple life. Sure. So one of the thoughts that I just had, as you were, you know, mentioning that simple life, it's another topic, I think that, you know, you may have some pretty good insight on and it's defining happiness. Um, How would you define happiness based on, you know, that culture of growing up versus, you know, what maybe today's culture looks like and what happiness means or, or what that looks like? Gratitude. Um, the, the biggest thing I see missing in people's pursuit of happiness is gratitude. The, the villagers out there that we grew up with, I remember specifically there was a man, um, and I forget what his name was, but he used to basically be a beggar. And one of the things he would do is he would go out and he would ask people for money to buy rice, or he would maybe make a little carving of something hardwood and go sell it to the tourists. Um, but his his feeling of happiness came from gratitude. What he received was very little, but he was so grateful. The guy was just always happy. It was crazy. And one of the things I look at that, that I directly correlate that with when people ask me about success is happiness. And I always just tell people, like, if, if you want to be successful, be happy. That's their first step. Um, I was I was just making a post on LinkedIn that was uh, don't pursue love, um, happiness or success. Instead, pursue gratitude and happiness and the rest will follow. Those things will actually seek you out when you're happy. I mean, you think about the, the happiest people that walk into a room, they get all the attention. Why? Well, because their their whole demeanor is just different. It, it commands attention. People want to be around the person who's genuinely and authentically happy because that's what they want, regardless of whether they think they just want success or they just want bigger business or they just want more friends, whatever it is, what they really want is happiness. And I, I really think that um, touching on that was a very good a good uh, thing on your part to, to bring up because I, I needed to talk about that gratitude to be grateful for what we have. Um, in, in New Guinea, you, you only had, you know, your basic hand tools that you would need to, to live. You might, if you were somebody who lived in town and maybe owned a fishing business, you would have a boat. Um, you would have certain business connections to sell your, your fish or your whatever it was. And the biggest indicator that I saw for people who were happy was that they were grateful. And we look around us today, like I live, we just moved into a new house. We got so much clutter. It is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And I just, I look back on simplicity 
And the most grateful people I know are the simplest people with the least amount of things mm-hmm. because we just build up all this racket. And next thing you know, we're just overwhelmed. I mean, it's a simple thing, maintaining a house or just having what you need. But when everything collects together and it becomes unmaintainable, just that stress alone can keep you from being grateful for what you have. And if you're not grateful for what you have, you'll never be happy. That's such an interesting point. Cause I think, you know, again, it really goes back down to getting to know roots and yourself. Like simplicity is, it really is that true bliss. Like you, you begin to understand and connect with the things that matter most. And, and you realize that the stuff is not what matters most. Yes. There are certain things that, you know, can enhance, but for the most part, it's, the ones that are around you, the relationships you have, the people that you connect with, mm-hmm. um, you know, the things that you can do for others, those are the things that really matter the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because our, our greatest sense of fulfillment comes from service. It comes from adding value. It comes from um, helping other people realize their full potential, which is what I'm all about. Um, I just want to see people actually realize their full potential. And one of the things I've been saying for probably about a decade now is if you could only realize your full potential, that doesn't mean, you know, achieving it, just realizing it will change your life forever. Wow. That's, that is super profound. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. Cause I've always had that, you know, idea of, you know, what is my full potential? How do I get there? What is it? Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like you mentioned, you don't even necessarily have to get there, but if you understand it and see that vision or that possibility, it opens up a whole new world or a whole new lens or perspective that you never thought possible. Exactly. You know, and, and perspective has a lot to do with it. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of unique opportunities. I don't think many people, actually have in life. Um, one of them was dropping out of high school to go to work. Um, it wasn't my choice. My parents lost their house in a lawsuit when I was 16 and I went to work. Um, you know, I lived in a tent, I had a truck, um, and I just, I worked, I didn't know what else to do. So I had probably two or three years on that before I just picked up a backpack and left. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go see America. I'm going to go talk to people. I'm going to go find myself. Um, coincidentally, I did not find myself. I was, <laughs> I was busy searching for something that I thought I needed when in reality, what I was doing was I was just running away from myself. Um, what I found out was that I'm, I'm always called to home. I, there's a place I feel I'm, I just am more comfortable. And that's right here in Montana. And I'm, I'm still not sure why, but I really do have a feeling that it's, it's because of the wilderness. It is where I get in touch with me. And I don't really have the perspective of caring too much what other people think. Um, you know, like right before I got on here, my mom was like, hey, don't wear that hat. I've, I've been wearing this, this one hat for like 14 years, my favorite hat. And um, it, it brings to mind something else that's very important to realize is that we have been conditioned to believe that you have to look a certain way to be accepted and to be successful, which is not true. I mean, I I don't care if you're dressed in sackcloth and ash and you come to me and you provide more value than all 10 of my biggest advisors wearing suits and making a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter. 
Um, if you provide me the most value, you're going to be my most valuable asset. I don't care what you look like or where you came from or who raised you. It doesn't matter. What matters is whether you're in touch with yourself enough to actually add value to what I need. And so that's, that's my mission statement. Like, how do I go provide more value for other people? And the answer is to do it for free. It's to, to literally just put yourself out there and your knowledge out there and, and help people understand themselves so that they can actually scale and grow their life. That in turn will grow their business. It'll grow their relationships. It'll grow their network. It'll grow everything in their life that they want. And it'll bring fulfillment because they're going to find a purpose if they can actually take that same model and use it. You know, um, Gary V is one of my favorite guys. Um, he's, he's got the right idea, you know, just put yourself out there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You'll find it. That is true. Um, I do believe in a little bit more of a, of a hands-on method of, of finding yourself. And one of the things I keep telling people is you need to drop what you're doing if you can, um, or at least make it so that you have enough time to actually work on you. So you, there's, there's going to be things that you have to face. Um, I talk about childhood wounds all the time. And that's one of the things you can't blame your parents because they didn't know their parents did it to them. They did it to you. It's all subconscious, but you have to face yourself. And the only way to do that is to drop what's keeping you so busy so that you can actually pick up what you need to focus on. Yeah, no, that is powerful. That really is. Because until you understand who you are and what you're capable of, you'll never really amount to anything that you possibly could. Exactly. You know, and a lot of people do feel like they're born to make a difference in the world. And that's true. I believe every single individual ever born is meant to make an impact and live a life of, of purpose and fulfillment. Uh, the problem is we spend so much time focusing on being great that we forget to be extraordinary. It, it's, it's a personal matter. Um, you know, I, I love taking people out in the woods and just seeing what they do, mm. taking camping because they're going to find a lot out about themselves and they need somebody to point it out to them. We just don't think about these things. So true. Well, and I think that, you know, brings a, a really good, um, perspective too and just understanding what mentorship is right i'm sure you've had many people come talk to you or ask you you know about mentorship or how do i pick a mentor you know how do i figure that whole aspect out and you know a lot of times the mentors are the ones that we may not even realize through the books that we read or through the audio books or podcasts or whatever it is those people become mentors too because they help us see a perspective or see something different than what we could have found out on our own. And it's not that they're really doing anything crazy or elaborate. It's just, they're seeing stuff that we don't see in ourselves. Exactly. You know, and, and they've taken the time to really face those same issues in themselves. Um, the only way great writers actually put things in their books that really truly bring out the, the, um, the excitement in you is by experiencing them because if, if you don't experience these things, if you don't actually do them, then what happens is you can talk about them all day, but there's no conviction without conviction. People can tell. And it's, it, that's subconscious too. 
You know, we look at all these other things. We're like, oh, that's great. We get all excited, but we not, we don't stick with it. And the reason is because we can tell the difference subconsciously the, uh, between people who have actually done these things and who are speaking from experience or who are speaking from a deeper knowledge because they've explored that than anybody who's just read a book and now they're going out here and they're talking about it because anybody can do that. Yep. Totally. It is, it is so much harder to actually face things, overcome them and actually find the legitimate answers. And when it comes to mentors, yeah, absolutely. There's books or there's podcasts. There's so much stuff you can get out a little bit of, um, I call it secondhand mentoring because you're getting that, that, um, it's not physical, but when it comes to mentors, like my, my biggest thing is just be yourself and go out there and put yourself out in the world, your interests, your dislikes, your frustrations, your, um, like your genuine self, everything. What'll happen is your mentor will find you and that's how it works. Uh, you'll make a friend, that friend will be like, Hey, thanks for being this for me. You say, well, thanks for being, you know, this for me. Um, I want to say it was um, Mitch Durfee I was talking to that said one of his, his first mentors he was, he was talking to and he, uh, he just told him one day, he said, well, thanks Mitch for being my, my mentor. And he's like, no, thanks for being mine. And that's actually how he got his. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of these these bigger people out there who are now they're authors and they're successful real estate investors or they're successful business owners or or multiple things. That's how they did it. They just started putting themselves out there. And now we have this ease of access through technology that we can put ourselves out there more and faster and more authentically. And it's just it's hard for a lot of people because we don't live in an authentic world anymore. We live in a world that's based on image and feel and money and all these other things. And it's just, it's detrimental to, to society. I really do think that we're building society backwards. I totally agree with that. You know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the different experiences I've had in my own lives and even, you know, the, the pivotal moments, right. Where you have this focus of, okay, I just want to go after the the money or the fame or the, the success. And you talk about real estate and investing, right. I had a period, you know, I still do a lot of real estate investing now, but I had a period where that's really what, what it was all about. I mean, I had, you know, friends surrounded that, that were, you know, within my circle and they were going after the, you know, the luxuries and the things that, didn't necessarily matter. And I got caught up in that a little bit, but then I started to realize, you know, when I had my first child that, Hey, this is, this is backwards. Like I'm building my life backwards. I'm building my success or this false happiness on these things that have no real intrinsic value. And that was one of the most pivotal moments in my life was when, you know, my son was born and it was like, wow, like, one of those just earth shattering moments where my perspective changed. I started to realize that, Hey, look, there's a lot more out there than making money. And yes, you can do a lot of really, really good things. Like money is not a bad thing. It's a tool. It's a resource that can be used for, for great things. But at the same time, it's the attitude and the motion and the, 
you know, the different facets that we have and we're built upon that are going to change everything and where we go and how we can serve and help those around us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the only thing I would add is intention. Um, I, I truly believe that intention matters the most. Um, the, the, I, I've been through the same stuff. Um, I've done real estate for about three years. Uh, the first couple of years that I really was pushing hard for it, I actually lost some friends in the deals because we were so caught up in chasing money. Like, Hey, this is great. This is awesome. We'll go out here and make millions of dollars. We're going to do all this stuff. Um, and essentially what happened was pretty soon nobody wanted to do the work and they just wanted the reward. Well, mm. when you're out there chasing money and you're not making money, pretty soon things are pretty frustrating. And next thing you know, you just wasted a bunch of time where if you are willing to have the right intentions or like my intention is to actually go out here and solve people's problems by doing real estate, you will be greater and succeed more than most people around you will ever dream of because they're not solving issues. They're just doing business. And I love, I love that you just mentioned that because, you know, I think that this is probably a stage or a moment where a lot of people are right now where, mm -hmm. you know, money in some circumstances is coming so easy right now to some. And there's a lot of people that feel like they're on that chase mm -hmm. and they're just, you know, it's almost that fear based um, there, you know, it's fear and it's, it's hope, but at the same time, it's that desperation. Mm -hmm. And those are the moments and the times and the emotions that will never allow us to get there. I feel like. It's, it's very true. Those are the, the road blocks to your success. Um, you know, I don't know how many people uh, read the Bible like I do, but one of the things that stands out to me is there's a particular scripture that says, don't chase money for it'll surely grow wings and fly away from you like an eagle. And that is profound because it its truth lies in the fact that if you're chasing money alone, then money will run from you. You will fight for money your whole life. But if you chase purpose with intention and it's something you're passionate about, helping people, uh, being a problem solver, that will naturally attract all of the things that you want in your life. So, you know, if you want the big house and the fancy car and there's nothing wrong with that, you need to do something more meaningful. Because there's two things there. One, you'll work much harder for it than you ever wanted to. And you'll waste your life doing that. You'll miss everything. And the other is that you won't be fulfilled. You know, you're, you're going to grow up to be an old man that, that looks back and says, man, I wish I'd have enjoyed my life rather than just worked so hard and missed, you know, my kids' ball games or, um, you know, everything in my, my own family, my own life. There's, there's guys I know that they literally don't know their family and they live with them. And that's very common. And it's because they're so busy working on their business and trying to figure out how they can make more money rather than trying to figure out how they can provide more value. Authenticity is something that we just don't see anymore. Totally, totally agree. It's, it's amazing. And again, you know, I'm thinking of my, my own experience, but you have those moments. And I think, you know, I think one thing that 
a lot of people don't realize too is, yeah, there's going to be moments when you've got to work your butt off and grow your business and you've Mm got to put the time and the work in, Mm -hmm. right? But it's being able to have the awareness to catch yourself when you fall into the trap of when, you know, that focus begins to change from, okay, I need to work really hard to it becomes, you become slave to this business or this idea. And that's where I think, you know, the train gets derailed and goes mm-hmm. off the tracks. Absolutely. You know, and, and I look back to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, about five or six years ago, I was actually uh, pretty big in ministry. I had a, a crowd of about a hundred thousand people that would listen to me. And one of the things that just keeps resonating with me about that is the reason it didn't work for me and that I wasn't happy doing it. Like I remember being frustrated because it was so demanding on and, you know, and tasking on me to do that just once or twice a week was because I was so busy being focused on, you know, I have all these people that makes me feel important that, I missed the fact that what I was really supposed to be doing was actually adding something that was useful to them. And a lot of them said, yeah, I mean, what I gave them was very useful and, and it helped them and there was perspective. But for me personally, it was destructive because I wasn't doing something out of my true nature or, you know, my, my need for fulfillment, which would be helping people or actually putting something of value out there um, that wasn't based on my own intentions. And this is something that I talk to people about too, is that when we talk about intention, most of the people don't understand why they're failing because they're subconsciously expecting something in return. So when you give, give without expectation. Um, the only thing expectation does is it, it sets you up for heartbreak and failure and frustration. Because if I, if I give you, let's just say I give you 20 bucks, okay, and it, you're like, let me borrow 20 bucks, I give you 20 bucks, that's gone. I'm giving that to you. Because if I expect to have it back and you don't give it back, well, what's it do? It causes frustration. It's not a lot of money. It's the principle of the matter. So rather than have a skewed principle, I just give without the expectation of receiving. Somebody wants my time, they can have it. If uh, somebody you know, needs me to, to help them do something, I'll gladly do it and, and expect nothing in return. What I've found is that actually helps build me out of my insecurities and into my, um, my confidence because I don't set myself up to have failure. So I don't have these thoughts of, yeah, what's this person thinking? What, what are they doing? Are they robbing me? Are they doing this? Are they using me? Are they, you know, I don't have any of that going on in my head. I literally just have, hey, it was a good day. I got to help this person do this and that person do that. And it helped them a lot. And I got to see the smile on their face and it gave me a good feeling. See, now I have satisfaction and that's fulfilling. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.